0: All right, let's get connected. Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome to another edition of PWC Connections, the podcast. It's February 2023, and March is right around the corner. So on this edition, I'll be one of your hosts. My name is Lamon Henson. I am a communications and community relations associate here at PWC, being joined by none other than
1: Lexi. What's up, Lexi? I am excited to be here. I love to talk about water.
0: Miss Lexi Hasapis is joining us so we can kind of co-pilot this thing together. And we got two guests. We have two people that made time to join us. Miss Rhonda Locklear. How you doing, Rhonda?
2: Doing great. Good morning.
0: Good morning. And Cam Chavez. How you doing?
2: I'm great. Good morning.
0: So we're gonna sit down with them talk to them get to know them a little bit more let our audience get to know them as well and today we're talking water quality and right around the corner is the annual eh, excuse me annual water changeover treatment process we're going to talk a little bit about that and some of the measures uh, that are taken to make sure that we're providing the safest and best drinking water available here in Fayetteville so let's get started first we're going to start with Rhonda Rhonda, if you would, tell us how long you've been with PwC. Tell us about your title and, and kind of what that looks like on a day-to-day.
2: Okay. So, my title is the Water Resources Environmental Programs Manager, and I've been with PwC about eight years okay. and been in the industry for 25 years. Wow. So, my day-to-day is looking at compliance Um making sure PwC is in compliance with EPA and our state regulatory, and also looking at new regulations, new interests within the basin and representing PwC. Do we need to comment um, with our fellow shareholders on anything that might affect us um, in water quality or quantity?
0: Okay. Okay. That sounds pretty heavy, but... uh you broke it down, all right, Ken. What about you? Tell us about your job title and what that looks like on a day to day, and how long you've been with PwC.
3: I've um, been with PwC for uh, twenty one years, but been in the industry for twenty seven. Um, my title is Water Resources Laboratory Supervisor, and. Um,
2: yeah, and the lab supports all our um, processes, our water plants, our wastewater plants, uh, they provide analytical support.
0: Okay, okay. Again, a lot of responsibility. So with that, how do you guys, uh, how can I say this, with the water quality and the monitoring, what role are you guys playing that?
2: A huge role because you can't look at the water and say, Oh, I know what the pH is or the ammonia is. So you have some analytical, uh, analysis going on to support that. How
0: did, how did you even get interested in this industry? Uh, if I'm a young person looking to get into this field, what, what was the attraction?
2: So I am a biologist. Science is my first love. So, um, that was my background in college, and then I went to a environmental lab that I was performing these analyses for other water plants and wastewater plants. And then I started actually working at a um, municipal lab at a wastewater treatment plant, and I loved it. I said hey you want to go to school and be an operator because it was a small facility i was like oh sure so then you get to know what are the regulations the regulatory environment um, the community and how important border uh, as a resource a commodity really is
0: well said what about you ken what drew you in
3: um well i am a a biology major um a bachelor of science um uncp go braves there we go (laughs) Um, right up the corner. I started um, also with a lab and was introduced to some of the um, wastewater anal- analyzing samples. And um, just that drew my interest because it was a lab environment. And that's, you know, what the type of job that I had looked for. So over time, I was um, had the opportunity to work with an environmental lab and moved on to a, a small town and was their chemist. So then when the opportunity opened to come to PwC for that chemist position, um, that's when I made the move here. Wow. Mm-hmm.
2: And I want to say, interject something right here, is that um, you, the science background helps but you can go to other um, like courses. If you're going to do certifications or you're going to operate, you have to have the required certifications. So you go to a um, a class and then you get licensed. So they will teach you within those classes, the biology, math that you, you're needed and the regulations. So you don't necessarily have to go, but the science is a big, get, you know, background into that.
0: Yeah. Sounds like it's a couple different avenues to get into it. But if science is your thing, this could be the path for you. I got this is
2: that. it. It's exciting. I mean, water is life sustaining. We it- all need it.
0: We really do. And with us providing multiple services, we tend to get more uh, feedback from the public whenever there's a problem with electricity, but water is essential. That's the need. Yes. Yeah. And with that said, we got March 1st coming up with the annual water treatment process where we stop adding ammonia to the treatment process. And for 30 days it runs where it's just chlorine, kind of cleaning things out. If there's any type of, uh, contaminants that have been hanging on that 30-day process is the chance to kind of burn it out so to speak why is that important or or did i cover it right because this isn't my lane i should have let you talk about it what am i doing
2: so essentially what we're talking about is disinfection which is a huge benefit to public health you want to make sure that there's no microbial content in the water so disinfection is what we're talking about we usually do that with chloramine which we have chlorine plus ammonia. During this 30-day period, we'll just go strictly with free chlorine. It's not combined with anything, so it's a lot stronger uh, disinfectant.
3: Okay. Okay. And um, I wanted to add that throughout the month, they'll have five fire hydrants uh, connected to PwC's water distribution system, and uh, they will stay open to flush the water, um, and it actually it goes across 1200 miles in water mains so some customers they may notice discoloration in their water due to the flushing of the system
2: and this is a a regulatory requirement they just want to make sure we call it burnout because you're going to burn out any um anything that's in there by oxidation and then you're also going to do like kim said the flushing which is also very important to flush out all those particles that may have settled out we're in the south and We are used to seeing iron um, produces that orangey color. So in combination with the burnout, you would also do and see a lot of flushing Mm -hmm. hydrants being open. And usually they will, um, put some signage out that that's what's going on. So
1: speaking of regulation, I was recently in a meeting and someone spoke about rural water systems versus a company like PwC. And they said, well, PwC has much higher standards than some other companies. And I didn't really understand that. So could you kind of talk about that a little bit? I mean, I know our water is amazing and wins awards, but I just assumed all water was held
2: to the same standard. Well, there is. um, In 1974, the Clean Water Act was passed by legislation. So, the EPA was given authority to set the clean drinking water standards. And so, but PwC holds ourselves more accountable to that. We don't want to just meet those maximum contaminant levels. We want to be able to exceed those. So, we do, our laboratory does a lot of testing. We do like 150 contaminants on a regular basis, and we're Usually about 150,000 tests in when you consider our uh, laboratory and then operations.
0: Wow. So people should know that the water is safe.
2: Yes, Yes. the water is safe.
0: What are our uh, water sources for those who may not be familiar? Is everything coming strictly from the Cape Fear River?
3: Um, No, we utilize Glenville Lake as well as a water source.
0: But Cape Fear is our primary source
3: yes okay okay
0: and why is it kind of set up that way why is the structure for i guess the primary source to be cape fear but also utilizing glenville lake
2: well the cape fear you know people get their water from two sources you're going to be a a surface water plant or you're going to be um a well system which you're pulling from the aquifer so the surface water is um gets affected by things like runoff, um, the upstream users, where our Glenville Lake, ha- it's a series of lake system. And so that water is typically cleaner than what you would see on the surface water at, um, on the Cape Fear River for those same reasons. So you're talking about less treatment um, because there's less particles and things in the water. So that drives that cost down of treatment. Mm-hmm.
0: What are some things our customers, I guess, should be aware of to help protect the water source? I know uh, we're, we're in the midst now of the campaign of ceasing the grease and stopping putting wipes in the pipes from that angle, but I'm sure the message is much broader than that.
2: I would say three main things that we can all do is don't use the toilet as a trash can. Put the three P's in there, pee, poop, and, and paper in specific, uh, toilet paper, because wipes and a lot of things will flush the problem is they don't degrade and so the integrity is still there and then you're forcing that through a small series of pipe and it's probably going to cause an overflow and it drives the cost of maintenance because somebody has to go out there and uh pull those things out of our pumps um and throw them basically in the trash and then i would say conservation is another one be careful of your water usage um your irrigation be mindful of that Uh, teach your children how to be use less water Um, also your appliances dishwashers um, washer machines and make sure they're energy efficient and your hot water heaters as well is a big one and also as a water quality thing it's something we never do is to flush those hot water heaters Mm -hmm. you're heating water up Mm -hmm. and things fall out of solution so you need to on a personal level, protect you know, your home and get those additional contaminants out um, and flush that hot water heater.
3: And another thing, on the kitchen side, um, you need to be mindful not to let eggshells, coffee grounds, um, mm. fruit pits, peels, or stringy vegetables. Things like that go down your drain. Yeah, and that old pesky grease, um, grease.
2: keep that out of the uh, collection system it's going to just clog clog pipes and pumps and cause a sanitary sewer overflow which is an illegal discharge of raw sewage we don't want any kids thinking that's just free um, water to play in when it's actually has some microbial contamination in that
0: another common one that i heard was hair didn't think about that when you're shaving or you know i guess brushing your hair around the, the bathroom sink and that goes in and you think well, let me just turn on the water and wash it down. That's getting caught up in the pipes as well.
2: Yeah, it doesn't degrade very easily. So usually what it, what you end up doing is, is uh, cleaning that manually. Yeah. So um, if you can capture that with a strainer um, or dental floss, anything like that, um, dispose of it in the trash.
0: Each year we produce a water quality report, giving information, some of the results for our customers to stay abreast of the different tests that are taking place to keep the water quality where it is. uh, How does that guy, how does that help you all by having the customers be educated or have that information available?
2: Well, we want to be transparent and it's required by EPA that we provide our customers with um, basically a report card. You get a report card of how we are doing and where we're standing what the source of your water is um and what's the maximum contaminant levels if you read through that the microbial contaminants the inorganics organics pesticides and herbicides and things like that
1: i was just gonna say <laughs> say i think people get a little bit confused how wastewater and drinking water are connected
2: Oh, well, it's all water. One of them you drink and (laughs) one of them you use it for disposal. Okay. It's very important that they don't mix. Um, What they did years ago is they, we didn't have waste work plants. It, It was dilution. So you just sent the sewer straight out into the rivers and they already had the bacteria. But, you know, that got contaminated. So we had engineers to build us in a short footprint what the river would do. Um, so we grow bacteria, and, and it treats the waste. Um, that's the major differences.
0: Now, stormwater isn't necessarily our area, but how does that kind of play into what you guys do?
2: Well, stormwater, if you think about it, it doesn't have human waste, or it shouldn't have human waste, and it shouldn't have industrial waste or commercial waste. It's from stormwater. It's runoff from a parking lot and things like that. So it doesn't need to go into sewer system for treatment. But it does need to be removed off the highway so water is not ponding, causing an accident, things like that. Right. Or flooding could be an issue. So stormwater is you want to get the water back into the the watershed, but it doesn't need to go to our treatment plants for treatment. So that system goes directly into the river. Yes. So
1: it doesn't go into our sewer system. Yes.
3: Right. One thing I wanted to add was, um, for example, washing your car. So if um, before you clean your car, you just need to be mindful of what could be on there, oils or um, gas, exhaust residue. So it's best that you take your car to a commercial car wash, and from there, that water will be recycled and connected to the sanitary sewer system. Um, you could wash your car on grass. Um and that way, it would catch that runoff, and that h- would help it from getting down into the um, stormwater drains and such.
2: I'm gonna back up just a minute Wilmot, and talk about um, contaminants. We You hear a lot about chronic versus acute, and so you may not understand what that is. A chronic is a, a health concern over a longer period of time, okay? So years of continuous um, drinking water. Um, or an acute is a health concern that is within hours or just a couple of days. So I'll give you an example Would be like E. Coli. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a little intestinal bug probably within just a few hours. Right. So those are the difference when we talk about acute and chronic contaminants.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So the, the, the other one might be if there's like lead.
2: Yeah. Lead would be a chronic exposure, um, health concern.
0: We're members of the Partnership for Safe Drinking Water, and we were recently recognized or awarded with the 20-year the Director's Award for being members of that. Uh, what what significance does that have as being members and being recognized uh, with such prestigious award?
2: So just... Speaks to our quality of water that we hold ourselves to, that we're one of the first in the States to obtain that award, and we consistently maintain that. We get that award um, basically on a yearly basis for years. So it's just our commitment to have
3: clean water, reliable water to our customers. Right, And I think as well it holds – Um, Our employees to a standard um, that they produce quality data um, and the operators on the wastewater side that they have the information they need to operate um, the water reclamation facilities and with the water plants as well um, you know to speak of that for being 20 years when you look at our certification number our id number we're number seven so um our lab has been around a long time mm. so that speaks of um the practice that pwc's employees have held over the years
1: wow that's awesome
3: and i would just add into what kim said is that they have to
2: maintain certification so they we actually hire a company to send us samples that we don't know what they are, that we, we have a range of what that copper or arsenic or uh, microbial may be. And so we have to analyze and pass that to maintain our certification every year. That's mm. awesome.
0: Why are you guys so passionate about what you do?
2: Oh, I love it. I mean, there's all kind of aspects to water. There's the community. You want to make sure that they understand um, how valuable their water is, that what they can do to support us. And and it's continuously changing the mm-hmm. technology's changing from years ago the regulations are changing there's a new contaminants that we're learning about there's a lot more chemicals than they used to be out there so we have to get involved in that and see what our interests are in learning um then you get to grow stuff <laughs> um so it's it's a uh, very interesting in my opinion of of how it, it all
3: it is, and it all goes back to we have to be good stewards of what we're given. Um, we have to be compassionate about our jobs because what we release back into the river is affecting everybody downstream, and our the aquatic life along with um, how other facilities will be able to treat water for their drinking water coming down Cape Fear River. Right. So we have to take care of each other. Well, I know I used to take
1: water for granted until Hurricane Matthew. Okay. I learned I can live without electricity. But the minute I got to boil my water or not be able to flush a toilet as easy as normal, I was like, oh my gosh. Right. I didn't, I never really realized it. So thank everyone in the industry for keeping us safe and letting us drink all that delicious water and also allowing us to flush the toilet when we need to. That was crazy. Hurricane Matthew was crazy.
0: <laughs> that is exactly what I was going to say. I was going to you know, bring it to a closing point. Thank you guys for making time to talk about this topic and exactly what Lexi said. Thank you for what you do on a day to day for keeping the water safe and taking all the, the measures needed and being passionate about what you do. I, I appreciate that. And yeah, please keep it going.
2: Yeah, we'll, we'll be on it every day, 24 hours a day.
0: There we go. That's right.
2: 24 (laughs) hours. never stops. 24 hours a day.
0: So a reminder, starting March 1st will be the annual water treatment changeover process where they will stop adding ammonia so they can clean it out. Uh, You may see some hydrants being flushed out if you're local here in Fayetteville or the Cumberland County area, but it is all a part of keeping the water safe. Uh, Please continue to listen to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's Apple, Google. Spotify. You can also get more great information about what's happening with Fayetteville's hometown utility on our social media sites. You can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Nextdoor. We're putting information on a lot of different platforms. So please follow us and stay informed. Lexi, am I forgetting anything? We got anything coming up other than the PwC Expo on March 24th?
1: Yeah, absolutely. If you have more questions about water quality, wastewater, you name it, you want to talk about the three Ps, come on down (laughs) to Skyview on March 24th.
0: There we go. All right. I want to thank you guys for listening. I want to thank Kim and Rhonda for being our guests. I want to thank Lexi for stomaching me one more episode. (laughs) Join us for the next one. Take care.